This show is sponsored by This Could Be Your Name, the writer of This Could Be Your Book. Contact us to find out more about sponsoring an episode. The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. Hello, I'm Kat from Shh Extra Filth, the secret erotica podcast. Today, Diana and I will be hosting this podcast. For those curious of what Shh Extra Filth is all about, it's the dirty little sister of this podcast. Slightly more potty mouth at times, and a little too risque to be openly published. Extra Filth is a Patreon exclusive. Let's play you all a clip so you know what to expect. I've never understood the foot fetish obsession some people have, but I do remember one time that it had me in stitches because it was so funny. So, remember my friend, the cam streamer, T? (laughs) I know, my bad for using her name last time, but she's T now. Well, anyway... Her boyfriend at the time, Michael, was a bit of an arrogant fuckboy. The sort of guy who'd rev his car loudly, played his music too loud, and drove too fast to boot. So I don't remember exactly what happened, but one day, he power slid into a parking space, but overshot the move a little, resulting in him breaking something that belonged to T's neighbor. T was going mental and was so apologetic towards her neighbor that she paid for the damage straight away. Michael needed a couple weeks to pay her back, but she was pissed because she was short, so he wanted to recoup her money. I remember being around hers, and she was like, I'm going to have a live stream, and he's going to have to help me. Now, at this time, Michael wasn't experienced in doing cam shows. He had a loose understanding of how tips were earned, but he never really did any streams. So I'm there in the background helping convey the requests from the tippers. Now, what I didn't expect Michael knew was that the tippers would often request he did something with her feet, whether it was for her to jerk him off with them or for him to lick them, etc., etc. Well, on this day, I knew for a fact her feet were smelly based on the footwear she was wearing prior. After all, I was going to slip on her Converse pumps because I needed to get something from my car, and it would have been quicker than putting on the boots I had at the time, but trust me, they stunk, so I couldn't do it. So the stream goes on, it's a regular beat, he eats her out, she sucks him, the room goes private, and they start fucking. Some real whales started donating with their requests. This one guy was throwing money about like no one's business. And he requested that Michael came on T's toes, which he did, but then things took a slight turn. One of the big tippers was asking Michael to lick his cum back off her foot. His face was saying no. But when I saw her giving him the evil eyes because he was offering... Shh. Extra Filth gives you behind-the-scenes opinions, views 
and stories from the team behind all the filthy details. It's not censored, and it's not for everyone. We're finally here at the start of the run-in into the holidays. What better way to celebrate than downloading some free erotica books? How many? No less than 24. One for every day up until Christmas. Please follow the All the Filthy Details Twitter handle or YouTube channel to get links to all the free titles every day. Remember, if you miss a day, you can pick up the titles you miss with a Kindle Unlimited subscription. Please remember, these authors worked very hard on these titles you're getting for free, so please remember to write a review and follow your favorites on social media. For those wanting to feature on the show, please engage us in our DMs with the secret word you'll hear at some point during this episode. Let's start the show with a little erotica story from the Erotica Diary of Isabel. Do you remember the first time you had anal sex? Well, this is Isabel's moment. Enjoy! This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. I knew come next Sunday it would be overflowing with the actual wedding photos. I'm not ashamed to admit I'm hoping her dress is ugly and she looks fat in it. But I'm not going to sit around here all weekend and mope. I'm getting ready to go out and have a wild time. There are only two things left on my list and one of them would be getting crossed off tonight. My sex list. Lesbian sex. Check. Swallowing a guy. Check. First black guy. Check. Married man. Check. Anal. Bondage. Light. Check. Group sex. The club was packed, even for early on a weekend. I thought for sure I would be coming into a half-empty club. I was thrilled to see that it was packed. There were a lot of possibilities for me. I made my way down to grab a drink before I took a look around at the patrons. Everyone seemed to be with someone, either family, friends or a date. I had no idea what I was looking for, but I knew I needed a man. Tonight, I was wearing a very short spaghetti strap black dress with my red stiletto heels. And once again, I decided to forgo the undergarments. They really did get in the way, and I was now down three pairs thanks to Mr. Mystery. I decided that standing around here looking all alone and pathetic was not going to work, so I made my way over to the dance floor and started to dance. My prayers were answered when a pair of strong arms wrapped around my waist. You are far too sexy to be A husky voice said into my left ear. I turned my head just enough to be able to see him. He was tall, close to six feet, had a square jaw, and a very thick French accent. He was good looking though. That was all I needed. Why don't you keep me company then? I said in a sultry voice. I'd be happy to. You better know. Melissa. I didn't bother asking him. It wasn't important to me. I went back to dancing, making sure my ass was right against his growing hard on. I wanted him to know exactly what I was here for. Thankfully, after three songs, he got the picture. Why don't we take this dance and go some places? He suggested. Your place close by? I asked. He gave me a big smirk as he spoke. Let's go. He grabbed my hand and all but dragged me out of there. I easily followed and once in his car we were off. After a short ten minute drive, we were in his house, my back against the front door as he ravished my mouth. We made quick work on removing each other's clothing, me leaving my heels on. His erection sprung to life once it was free from his black slacks. His hands wandered all over my body as he backed me up to his bedroom. Once there, he reached for my wet folds and I stopped him. You're in the mix. You can't have that. 
I could see the confusion and disappointment all across his face. I couldn't blame him. I did agree to come back to his place. Sex was inevitable. I grabbed his hand and brought it around to my ass, moving it so his fingers touched my hole. But you can have that. A light filled his eyes as he finally understood what I wanted. Leave it to a straight man to always want to have anal sex. You sure? He asked, barely containing his excitement. Yes, I'm crossing it off my bucket list. You ever done it? A bunch of times. Looks like I picked the right man then. Darling, you have no idea. Get on all fours. I need to stretch you out a bit before my dick can fit in you. I got onto his bed, in the position he wanted me in as he went and grabbed some lube. He came over and bent down behind me, spreading my cheeks open. And then he did something I wasn't expecting. He licked my hole, and pleasure shot all the way through me. I couldn't keep the moaning. He continued to lick at my hole, and when his tongue slid inside, that is when my arms gave out, and I collapsed down onto my elbows, arching my back even more. He continued to eat my ass. I continued to be a moaning mess on the bed. So sweet. Hold your cheeks open for me. He ordered. I did as was told, hearing the pop of the lube lid. He poured some over two of his fingers and then using his index finger, he rubbed some off my hole. I did my best to ignore the cold sensation, hoping that it would get warmed up from being on my skin. Last chance. He said. Don't. Stop. I moaned, in anticipation. He slowly inserted his index finger knuckle by knuckle inside of me. I knew that I needed to stay relaxed or it would be harder for both of us. Once the last knuckle was in, he stopped and gave me a moment to adjust, something I was very thankful for. With a nod from me, he pulled out and slowly pushed back in. It was a weird sensation, one I wasn't too sure I was really getting much pleasure in. My hope was that once I was loosened up enough that his dick would make it feel amazing. After a few minutes of just one finger, he then started to insert the second. This time it did sting, but he once again waited for me to adjust before he began to move them around. Not out, but in a scissoring motion to try and stretch my insides. It was a weird feeling, but after a moment I got used to it. As he moved his fingers in and out of me, his free hand went to my clit and started to rub it, causing me to moan. I let my mind think about the pleasure I was getting from my clit, and it loosened me up enough for him to get a third finger inside of me. This time the stinging only lasted a few seconds before he was pumping all three fingers in and out of my ass as he slowly rubbed my clit. I wanted more sensation. I wanted him to pick up the pace on my clit and let me come, but he was making sure I got nowhere near the edge. I started to rock my hips back and forth, hoping for some added friction with my clit, but he pulled his hand away. When you come, my dick is going to be inside your ass and you will be bithering beneath me. I let out a small whine, knowing I wasn't going to be able to come anytime soon. He pulled his fingers out and then covered his erection with a generous amount of lube. He then lined himself up with my ass. You ready for me? Hell yes. I had no idea if this was going to be feeling any better, but I was hoping it would. He very slowly pushed the head of his dick inside of me, and the burn was on a whole different level. It reminded me of the first time I had ever had sex when your body was so tight, no amount of stretching was ever going to help. But I took comfort in knowing that like the first time I had sex, it did get better once I got used to it. My Frenchman thankfully went slow and took his time inching forward. I have no idea how long it took, but eventually I felt his balls hit my ass. His hands were gripping my hips tightly. I knew he was struggling with himself to stay still. His dick was in a tight, hot space and he wanted nothing more than to pound into me. I got it, and I appreciated him waiting. 
After a moment, when the stinging subsided, I gave a nod and he pulled back all the way to his tip and then once again pushed back in. He did that a few times at a slow pace, allowing my body to accommodate his size. He pushed my legs even further apart, forcing me lower onto the bed, my clit just a fraction from touching the comforter. You ready to scream? He asked as he slapped my ass, causing me to moan. You think I will? I teased. Oh, you will. They always do. And with that, he was off. He picked up his pace and began to thrust as deep as he could in me. With the new position, he hit something inside of me that caused me to let out a long moan. I had no idea what that was, but if he kept hitting it, I would happily take it. Between him hitting that spot over and over again, dead on, and slapping my ass, I felt like I was going to explode. I needed to come. I moved my hand down to touch my clit, but before I could, he was slapping it away. Who said you could touch? You have to let it be. You're in the mix. It's even better when you come without being touched. He put my hand back up in front of me and pounded into me even harder. I couldn't help but scream that escaped, and I heard him chuckle darkly behind <laughs> me. I had proved his point, and he was going to make me prove it over and over again before he was through with me. I didn't care. My whole body was trembling with the need to come. I could feel it building, but without any contact, I couldn't go over the edge. I knew he was close. I could feel his thrusting becoming more erratic. His breathing was coming in pants now, and I wondered if he would give in and touch me just to bring me over the edge. So tight. You're not getting a dick of your ass? He moaned. Yes. Fuck, I need to come. So come, but don't touch. I have to. I whined. No, you don't. Just feel. He hit that spot inside of me once again. I screamed even louder than before. He focused all... Remember, some of these stories are much longer. Head over to our Patreon so you don't miss all this. I never thought it was going to end, and the more he hit that spot inside of me, the more I came. I was still coming when he finally found his release. We're now on Patreon. Our offer is fantastic. You'll get access to all our literary lovesick audiobooks for a price that is comparable to a single ebook. You can end your subscription at any time, and you'll still be able to keep your books. We also have more exclusive content, and even the option to put your character in our books. Head over there now and get your first glimpse of the newest title in Season 2 of the Erotic Diary series, Transitions. It's time for our spotlight of eroticists. This month, we have the writer behind Lockdown and Dirty, one of my personal favorite books of this year, Mr. Guy White. Hello, Guy. We absolutely loved your book, Lockdown and Dirty. We felt like it was incredibly well-balanced and paced for a debut title, which is unusual. This leads us to ask this question. Are we wrong for assuming you've never written an erotica story before? Is Lockdown and Dirty the first erotica story I've written? Yeah, it's just not the first story I've written. I've been writing since I first figured out how to spell. Stories make for great escapism. And let's just say growing up things weren't great, so I had a lot to escape from. I was always reading, writing, or crafting a story in some way, even if it was just a homebrew D&D campaign. I went to college and got a BA in creative writing and literature. I've been a journalist, speechwriter, and writing tutor. Under my day job name, I've got bylines in interesting places, but I've always had trouble getting my fiction to a point I was comfortable publishing it. 
or really having anyone else read it. My wife has always been very supportive, but even she hasn't read most of it. When I write, I'm a complete pantser, and my writing process is very chaotic. I just make a dash from start to finish, constantly changing the story's direction as I go. I add plots and characters without going back and incorporating them into the beginning because I plan to do that later when I revise it. I find the story in the process of writing it. But in a cruel twist of fate, I am also dyslexic, so editing takes me a lot of time. Everyone's first drafts are garbage, but mine are flaming garbage fires requiring a lot of cleanup. And I've also battled depression all my life. Most of the time, when I was editing, I couldn't convince myself the story was salvageable, so I'd just abandon the project. But something has changed now. I don't know if it's because therapy, medication, and other treatments finally got me to a good place mentally, or if erotica is just easier for me to write. But I can finish an erotica story and feel good enough about it to put it in front of people. Things might have been different before if I just let my characters fuck. Still, I probably wouldn't have published it if my wife hadn't been so encouraging. It's kind of funny, but Lockdown and Dirty was actually sort of an assignment for my therapist. She wasn't specifically telling me to write erotica. When I told her I wrote traumatized characters, she asked me to try writing someone who wasn't. But I had trouble coming up with a plot and getting inside the character's head. How do the untraumatized think? What do you do when you don't battle your brain all day? So I took the slight stir-craziness of lockdown and decided to go with sex as a driving part of the narrative. Since joining the erotica writer community on Not Safe for Work Twitter, I've gotten a ghostwriting job and now write smutty stuff professionally. So maybe this is just my calling. I'm sure all my writing teachers would be thrilled to hear that. One of these elements we found delightful about your book was the exhibitionist's neighbors your protagonists had. So, for the benefit of all the listeners who haven't read Lockdown and Dirty yet, there is a couple who purposely like to have sex by a window so their neighbors can watch them. Had such a situation had presented you by being the unsolicited voyeur of your neighbor's steamy night in, what do you think is proper etiquette in such a situation? Is it ruder to watch or turn away? The proper etiquette for exhibitionism and voyeurism is complicated. It's that unsolicited part that's the problem in reality. In fantasy, it's easy to make spontaneous, unnegotiated showing off and watching turn into something hot. I really enjoyed writing about the exhibitionism of Leah and Andy's neighbors. They were a great way to inspire Leah to take some risks and get the plot moving forward. For real life is different. I've had my own fun with exhibitionism and voyeurism. It wasn't until the pandemic that I realized I really get a kick out of showing off my wife, a kink called candleism. She had an OnlyFans for a while, and it was a huge turn-on, but people signed on to see it, and she knew they were looking. I have my own extra naughty protected Twitter account, but again, people know what they're going to see there. Not all our adventures were as careful with consent, and I have some mixed feelings about that. When my wife and I met in college, we both had roommates and conflicting schedules. Finding time alone together was really difficult, so we engaged in risky public sex, fucking in almost every building on campus. 
It started out as a solution to a problem and morphed into its own thrill. Hot as it was at the time, I wish we hadn't. No one ever confronted us, so we don't think we got caught. But it's entirely possible, if someone did, they just sat back and enjoyed the show. It's also equally possible, someone who didn't want to see it stumbled upon us fucking in the library, and we drew an unwilling participant into our sex life. The problem is that you never know who will be into it and who won't. Gambling with consent just really isn't worth it. That's why that type of exhibitionism should stay in the realm of fantasy. If someone is obviously putting on a show like The Neighbors and Lockdown and Dirty, then I don't think it's rude to turn away if it's not your thing. If you're into it, you can watch and have fun. The only issue on your part becomes whether or not you're feeding into a behavior that can be a real violation of boundaries for someone else. If you're interested in more about the ethics and intricacies of exhibitionism and voyeurism, in October, I wrote an article about it on my Patreon. While I've started writing naughty things, I can't escape my journalistic impulses, so I just smashed the two together. I interviewed several people who've been various parts of the watcher and watched dynamic. Some people who caught someone else in the act, voyeurs who felt guilty about it afterward. It really boils down to the idea of gambling with consent and how we have to find healthy, consensual ways to engage in exhibitionism and voyeurism. I personally felt like there could have been an underlying message behind your story when it comes to facing up to your desires, even if the circumstances make it difficult to do so. Was this intentional, or was this a situation where many people may take different things away from your writing? Once you write something and release it to the public in any form, it's no longer just yours. And Everyone can have their own interpretation, though some are more supported by the text than others. Facing your desires despite the circumstances is close to what I was aiming for, though not quite. Navigating your desires in light of the circumstances is more how I'd put it, if that makes sense. We know Andy wants to fuck Leah for sure. We're in his head. And most people would consider it a safe bet that Leah wants that as well, especially given the genre. But there's a lot of things in the way. Leah's body confidence issues, her past dating life with not being able to control the pace of her relationships, and Leah and Andy were stuck together. It would be more than a little awkward if Leah said to him, wanna fuck? And he said no. And that last part is where the navigation comes in. Besides it being an unconventional answer to an assignment from my therapist, I was inspired by a hot take from romance writer Twitter. A while back, someone made the really fucked up assertion that you couldn't write consent and make it sexy. And while they were told how wrong they were by a lot of people, I decided to take it as a challenge. And that evolved into lockdown and dirty. I built a situation where most people might assume it was go time with Leah being naked all day, every day. I've experienced it in my own life where I played the part of Andy. There's one absurd example that I talked about on Twitter a while back. I ended up pantsless, cuddling with someone in her bed, and she asked me what it was like for guys when they had sex, and I didn't do anything. Granted, there were some extenuating circumstances, 
that make me seem maybe a little less clueless. She emphatically told other people we were just friends anytime anyone asked us if we were going out. A while later, when I was no longer single, she asked me why I didn't do something. I had the hots for her, and if she'd given me a clear indication that she wanted something more than just a cuddle, the situation would have been very different. I would have been able to describe to her what sex felt like for me in real time, but I'd rather miss the opportunity to have sex than violate boundaries or consent. The unambiguous, willing yes is really important. I avoid the enthusiastic consent language because of input from sex workers and asexual folks about how that model excludes them from the conversation. I wrote Andy to be patient and not assume anything when it came to what Leah wanted. I turned the waiting for the yes into anticipation. It's just one of the ways you can turn consent into something scorching. I've got a short story in the works where we have two characters, one referred to only as Sir and the other is Alice. Sir has no problem telling you what he wants, but Alice is shy and has issues voicing her desires. So he orders her to tell him exactly what she wants. And as soon as she stops talking, he stops. He won't touch her unless she's clear about what she wants. Erotica stories are about sex. Stories require a conflict, something that has to be figured out. Seeking and expressing consent has a lot of potential to be the crux of a story. One of the sensual aspects of the sex in the book was the neutral masturbation. Usually, people don't tend to masturbate in the presence of a partner until they are well established into their relationship. Do you think this makes these sort of acts hotter? And is it something that you and your partner practice? It's odd how people wait to do something like mutual masturbation, especially considering it's a great safer sex practice and an excellent way to learn how your partner likes to be touched. In a slightly less imperfect world, it'd be one of the first things you did with someone before having sex. But even though it has all these benefits, masturbation, even solo, is still considered taboo by a lot of people. There's usually an added hotness factor when you're breaking an arbitrary societal rule, but in part because of that taboo, mutual masturbation with someone in the same room requires trust. You are literally in a vulnerable position. I find trust and vulnerability really hot. My wife is a huge influence and inspiration for a lot of my erotica writing. Mutual masturbation, or either of us just watching the other get off, was something we started pretty early. The files were lost to a hard drive crash, but I had several videos from that time of her using her fingers or various sex toys, and we still have mutual masturbation sessions for various reasons. Sometimes we both aren't at the same level of turned on at that particular moment. Sometimes just as foreplay. There are other times when it's the whole of our sexual encounter. At this point, the sound of an Hitachi magic wand is hardwired into my brain to be arousing. What was it like for you to hear us give our critique on your book? Do you think what we said was fair? Did it make you curious enough to check out the other titles that were reviewed alongside yours? I blushed when I heard your critique of my book. Since writing Lockdown and Dirty and joining Not Safe for Work Twitter, I've come to a point in my life where I'm not sure I could be made to blush about something sexual. 
but I've also only recently gotten to a point where I can accept compliments without trying to dismiss them. But I still get a little aw shucks when my writing gets enthusiastic praise. I think your assessment was very fair. At least I do now. I'd gotten so much positive feedback about Lockdown and Dirty, and I'd been studying the craft of writing for so long. So my curiosity was piqued when she said a book entitled Radley's House of Horny Monsters, a monster girl harem fantasy, was the best written out of the bunch. But you also talked about a traumatized protagonist, and I was sold on at least giving it a shot. You were spot on for calling it the best written. I actually ended up putting a recommendation for it up on my website. Annabelle Hawthorne wrote the hell out of that book. In my recommendation, I talk a bit about how we've all heard you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but I assumed we could still judge it by its title. As the title indicates, there's a lot of monster fucking in the book, but it was a lot deeper than I had assumed going in. I haven't had a chance to read Bound for Her Art by Hardison Parker, but it's sitting on my Kindle. I think it's fair to say you're quite embedded into the independent erotica writing community. Which writers do you think we should be keeping an eye on? There are a lot of really great people in the independent erotica writing community, but I haven't had time to read everybody's work yet. My to-be-read pile is just massive right now. Without ebooks, it'd be a fire hazard. So I'm going to stick to the ones I've read cover to cover and enjoyed. It feels like cheating to mention Alexa Somers, since she's her own little erotica writing powerhouse. But with a caveat I mentioned on my website, I loved her Level Up series too much not to give it a shout out. There are some people who I think, either in terms of sales, page reads, or social media presence, deserve more. I'll start with Lacey Cross. If hot-wifing is your thing, she has a million stories on Amazon, as well as her Patreon. I loved Backstage A Fake Wedding Romance by Abby Fox. I really enjoy relationships of convenience stories, and that one was super fun. Talia Talia has some good exhibitionist tales. Some of the stories sometimes dip into subjects that are a wee bit outside my comfort zone, but Picnic with Patience was a lot of good fun. I really enjoyed my secret app match, by Zahira Moreno. She has really great stories about women discovering their sexuality in conservative environments. A hijab-wearing Muslim woman who writes erotica was someone I just had to check out. I ended up interviewing her for my Patreon. Again, I can't kill the journalistic part of me. What are you working on now? Can we expect a new title soon? I'm working on a million things all at once. I put out weekly content on my Patreon, articles, interviews, short stories, and audios. The short stories will get bundled and put up on Amazon once I think I have enough collective words to justify it. Depending on how fast it jumps through all the hoops, an audiobook version of Lockdown and Dirty, narrated by Adara Aston, should be out by now or very soon. My big project is an erotic novel, A Friend in Need. Now that I completed my assignment and wrote my functional character with Lockdown and Dirty, I've returned to writing people with a lot of baggage. A Friend in Need is the story of Tyler, a deeply traumatized man who, thanks to depression or medication, has had zero sex drive for several years. His BFF, Trisha, asks him to pose nude for her because she needs a model for a figure drawing assignment. He agrees, 
At the worst possible time, his sex drive returns, and he starts fantasizing about Trish. When he's alone, he thinks himself right out of orgasm. Things get more complicated when Trish ropes him into another modeling session, but this time includes their mutual friend, Catherine. There are ever-increasing emotional entanglements and a lot of navigating around trauma. Andy and Leah have a little cameo since it happens in the same universe as Lockdown and Dirty. Every short story on my Patreon does as well, except for my October Halloween-themed one. Can we get a preview of something you've been working on? Here's a brief excerpt from A Friend in Need. When we reached the entrance to the Marlboro building, she swiped her key card and asked, Would you walk me to my door? She looked nervous. I figured she was still a little shaken up by Mark and then that group of guys. Yeah, no problem, I said. The entrance led into a small courtyard in the middle of the apartment complex. A few other residents and guests were milling about, coming and going. We skirted around people and made it to her apartment on the second floor. Are you really going to be okay with this? I asked. Are you planning on getting handsy tomorrow? No. I promise you, I will be the perfect gentleman. Perfect gentleman? No matter what? I placed my right hand on my heart and raised my left. No matter what. Then her smile made me feel as if I'd walked into a trap. I want to try something. Stay right here and tell me if you see anyone coming down the hall. I looked both ways and the hall was empty. She left the door open and walked into her apartment before hanging her jacket on a peg on the wall. Her motions looked slow and deliberate. She towed off her flats and set them on a mat. She shucked off her cardigan and put it on a little side table on top of a pile of mail. She took a few short steps further into her apartment and set her phone on a small shelf near her. Then she reached behind her back and turned around to face me. I heard the sound of a zipper before her skirt fell to the floor. The tails of her button-down covered just enough that she was still technically dressed. So I could strip down to nothing in front of you. All alone, in my apartment, her eyes darted to her phone. And you wouldn't make a single move? Not unless you ask. My voice came out just this side of a whisper. What if I told you I wouldn't, couldn't, let you in? You'd only be able to stand there and watch. Do you want me to just watch? Perfect gentleman, she smiled. Yes, that's what I want. She started unbuttoning her shirt slowly, starting from the top. When it began gaping open, I could see the white lace of her bra, then her light blue, simple cotton panties. She dropped the shirt to the floor. There she stood in her underwear. It wasn't the kind most would have described as sexy, but at that moment, it had more eroticism than the skimpiest lingerie. Her stomach was taut, and she was slim enough I could see the hint of hip bones under the skin. At some point, she removed her ankle socks. They were on the floor, but I had no idea when or how that happened. Magic. The whole act had me incredibly turned on. If I had an ounce of brain power to devote to anything but drinking in her image, I might have wondered if something this sexually charged would be enough when I was alone. But I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about Catherine. She reached up and pulled her hairpin out. Flowing blonde hair cascaded down her shoulders. I'd never seen her with her hair down before, and I hadn't realized how long it was. It reached down to her lower back. There wasn't enough in front of her to obscure anything, but she could have if she wanted to. Cat brushed the stray blonde strands over her shoulder before reaching her hands behind her and unclasping her bra. She held the white fabric in place with one hand while she slipped the other arm out. 
the straps hanging free, she pressed the bra to her chest with one arm crossed over her body. There she stood, looking me up and down. Her eyes were searching me, assessing me for something. She stepped closer to the door and stopped just inside the threshold. She lifted her arm only enough to let the bra land between us. Then with her arm across her body, she had no struggle to conceal all but the top of her breasts. Ty, could you pick that up for me, please? I bent at the knee so I wouldn't have to take my eyes off of her. Bra in hand, I stood and held it out to her. Thank you, she said, taking it from my hand before tossing it on the floor behind her. She looked me up and down again, making an obvious stop at my crotch. I don't know what she was seeing from her angle, but it felt like I was going to bust my zipper. You're not tempted to touch me? Not even a little bit? Oh, cat, I'm very tempted, but I'd never do anything that you weren't comfortable with. I'm glad I was right about you. Perfect gentleman. I think we'll work together fine. Have fun with the rest of your night. She winked at me, then slowly closed the door. I stood there a moment, not entirely sure what had happened. As I started walking home, I had a million questions running through my mind. Was this just a test of my resolve? Was this foreplay? She had asked me out before, but on our walk to her place, we talked about why I said no. And she said she was glad I didn't say yes. Was I ready to start dating again if that was what Kat was looking for? The more I walked, the more I thought that it didn't matter. It was a test. A very sexy test, but still a test. If Kat wanted more, she'd have said it, right? Even if Kat did want something, I thought she deserved better than a guy who wanted to bang her best friend. What platforms are you active on? How can we follow Guy White? I've plugged them a bit already, but I have my weekly updated Patreon with various benefits for patrons. I also have my website where you can read book recommendations and sign up for my newsletter, which includes a free series, These Violet Delights. It's a names have been changed to protect the not-so-innocent sexual autobiography. And I'm active on Twitter, where I also do daily tweet-length stories. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Stay naughty. Stay safe. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. <laughs> Question and answer time. Milwaukee Mob asks, My turn, my turn. Do you use herbs, not pot, to help the fun like Damiana or pine pollen? Only if the couple are on the same page about the herbal use. Using items to increase sex drive and testosterone can also bring great anxieties between sexual partners. Also, some of the unfamiliar smells could also be a turnoff for some. My recommendation is for both partners to discuss what items they are comfortable introducing into their sex life to spice things up. Annabelle Brito asks, At what point does porn become an unhealthy addiction? I'd say when you either start chronically masturbating or you can't function regularly as a sexual being without it. For example, you can't get turned on. For the guys listening, chronic masturbation is a thing. You could end up struggling to ejaculate in your partner because your penis is only used to being clenched to get it off. D, can I talk about this on Shh Extra Filth? I've got a killer story based on these questions. This episode's secret word is opera. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Hi, this is Di, and you're listening to Filth, the erotic book review. 
With the December episode having to be planned in advance, this is most likely going to be the final book review of the year. Today, our featured guest, Guy White, joins Kat and myself in reviewing this trio of submitted erotica titles with the hopes of giving one of these titles our star recommendation. Let's get started with our first title. Seduced and Transformed by the Alien Tentacle Slime by Devin Jackson The pile of slime bubbled higher and higher until it towered over both women. Erica was oblivious to this because she was still face down, ass up with her head buried in Lana's crotch. The slime stretched and elongated until it was roughly humanoid. The rough edges of the creature smoothed and evened out until Lana was staring at a perfect replica of Erica's boyfriend, Kyle. Lana's mouth fell open in shock. The purple-skinned Kyle raised one finger to his lips. Lana slowly closed her mouth and grinned. Even if she didn't have a direct connection with her master, she could have guessed what came next. The slimy simulacrum of Kyle pulled down Erica's panties, exposing her tanned, hairless, expertly waxed pussy. Lana found herself wishing she could see as her master jammed his fat, purple cock into Erica. She saw a grin spread across her master's lips as the slime suit that coated her before returned. This time, it covered her eyes as well, casting the bedroom in a purple haze. Even through the suit, she still felt Erica's tongue obediently playing over her folds. Lana's vision shifted. She was now experiencing the world through her master's alien senses. The purple haze cleared, and she found she was aware of all of him for the first time. Every particle of slime was a distinct part of him. She could feel him inside of her, and to a lesser extent, Erica as well. The scientist in her was fascinated, but the blonde bombshell of a bimbo she had become just wanted to see Erica get fucked by their master's big purple cock. Lana's vision shifted down as her master looked down at Erica's dripping wet pussy. So wet, thought Lana. She bit her own lip as she gawked at it. I told you, your pleasure is her pleasure. She got this wet just from licking me? You are her matriarch. For her, there is no greater pleasure than pleasing you, save for pleasing me. That's so fucking hot, thought Lana. Are you ready? We will take her as one, and when the time comes, I will let you transform her as you wish. Yes, master, said Lana aloud, startling Erica from her munching. Seeing her master's cock hard and ready, poised right at Erica's entrance, excited Lana. Lana felt every sensation through the suit as her master pushed his dark purple cock head into Erica's dripping folds. The sensation was incredible. Is this what guys feel like when they have sex? Thought Lana. Mmm, moaned Erica into Lana's pussy, the low hum sending vibrations throughout Lana's core. Lana shuddered in ecstasy. Lana could feel the slick wetness of Erica's cunt gripping her master's shaft through their shared senses. Each low, slow stroke driving both women wild. It was sweet agony. Erica cried out, Fuck my pussy, master. It's yours. The symbiote Kyle flipped Erica over in one smooth motion, 
forcing Erica higher on the bed until her head was jammed under Lana's massive udders. Each of his thrusts into Erica making Lana's breasts heave. Lana cupped the short woman's small breasts as their master fucked her. Erica was panting and sweating. Her tanned chest was reddening. The Kyle slime looked more beastly now as tentacles grew from his back and writhed menacingly behind him. Erica's legs were up in the air, spread wide. Slime Kyle's well-muscled arms clutched her ankles. The whole time, Erica's face held a stupid grin as she was literally fucked silly. One of the larger tentacles on his back shifted to a more phallic shape and extended towards Erica's mouth. Erica readily stuck out her tongue and playfully licked the tip. Lana tweaked the girl's nipples and nibbled on her ear, drawing a sharp inhale from Erica. Lana whispered into the young girl's ear, Master wants to fill you with his seed. Would you like that? Would you like these tiny tits made big and full like mine? Cooed Lana as she squeezed Erica's small tits. Erica shook her head eagerly, a stupid grin still plastered on her face. The phallic-shaped tentacle moved like a snake as it worked itself down Erica's throat. There was a puddle between Lana's legs as she watched her friend deep-throat a slimy tentacle while she had a big purple cock stuffed in her tight pussy. The symbiote grinned at Lana, his eyes burning with violet light. Get ready. Lana whispered to Erica. He's about to fill you with his seed. You will be just like me, Lana said with a surprising amount of pride. So, in this short title, our protagonist, Lana, discovers something curious about an alien sample, which she wasn't willing to disclose to her colleagues. However, things take a turn for the stranger when the advanced life form uses its influence to control Lana and the people in contact with her as sexual beings for its own pleasure. Jade Makes Three by Alexandra Dominique Jade climbed my body slowly, engaging my skin with her lips as she rose to my mouth. I clocked my own scent quickly, loving the sweetness it exuded on her breath. I plunged my tongue hungrily into her, kissing her passionately while receiving my own pussy juices into my throat. I swallowed hard, the sheer amount turning me on incredibly. My mind was made up, and I flipped Jade gently onto her back, looking deeply into her eyes once more as I disappeared down her torso. I made light work of my descent, putting much less energy into her foreplay as my urgency was clear. Having never lapped at the junction of a girl's thighs, I took my cues from Jade and gently highlighted her lips with my own saliva, our two pussies combining. I couldn't explore for too long, instead choosing to dive straight into her with my tongue. Her taste was as exquisite as my own, another sweet mound ripe for eating. I gorged on her, rising to her clit when her moaning became too much for me. She, too, climaxed at the sensation, looking towards me the whole time that I was going down on her. After her own flow, I looked across to Miles and wondered how he would fit into our flawless puzzle. 
Every time I'd imagined this scenario, I was lying back being eaten by Jade, and Miles would come over to the bed for me to suck his cock dry. I loved the feel of him pulsating in my mouth, thick jets of his semen covering my eager tongue. However, as I had gone down on Jade, I pointed towards my pussy to give him the consent he was almost bubbling for, and he stripped to the waist, leaving his trousers bulging beneath his flat stomach. It was only when he was behind me that he unleashed himself and entered causing me to let out a very content sigh as I placed my head back between Jade's legs. She smiled as she saw me return, keeping her attention solely on my gaze until she closed her eyes and put her head back, the thrill of the situation obvious in her taste. It had finally happened, and I could barely believe where I was, rocking between Jade's gorgeous pussy and Miles' willing cock. I rode him until he came, the satisfying action causing my lapping at Jade to intensify. A few seconds later, we came together, and I clamped down on Miles, feeling him slip out as the most insane climax took over my entire body. It was everything I'd hoped for and more, our three bodies covered in juices, and mine as loose as it had ever been. I collapsed in a heap, keeping my head between Jade's legs for comfort as I battled to regain my strength. Jade sat up on the sofa, patting the seat beside her to beckon me up. I did as I was told, the best way in my opinion, and looked across at Miles for him to do the same. I sat back in the sofa and felt two pairs of arms reach around my body, their warmth flowing through me as I grinned in contemplation. The rules stated this would be a one-off to begin with, although I was starting to wonder if the rules had to go. Rosalie and her husband Miles had made several attempts in the past to find themselves another woman to play with in the bedroom, with no success. They had made themselves several rules in anticipation of them finding such a partner. Fate would have it that it was Miles' acting colleague, Jade, who would fit the bill for this couple and have them tearing up their own rulebook. The Bartender's Pride by T.J. Dallas I carefully reached under her back, unclipped her own bra, and removed it from her body with my teeth. With an arm for balance, my hand found her gorgeous breast, and I squeezed, pinching her nipple between my fingertips. Her back tried to arch towards me, but she fell back with a groan. Don't move, I whispered. I couldn't even if I wanted to, she growled. Behave. I moved down her body and tugged the waistband of her shorts with me. She wasn't wearing any underwear, and her arousal was intoxicating. I kissed over her hip bones as she bent her knees, placing both feet wide, and I trailed my tongue along her inner thighs. She let out a sigh and tangled her hand in my hair again, pulling gently. After an age of teasing, my tongue found her pussy soaked through, and I nipped her clitoris with my lips. This isn't fair, she said breathlessly. Her voice was heavy with lust, and while I was relishing in her subservience, I was just as desperate to come as she was to fuck me. But I was enjoying myself too much. 
and I knew I'd enjoy my punishment. Oh, you poor little sinner, I said, and I knew she would have grabbed me if she could reach me. She still tried, and I ducked. She took as deep a breath as she dared, a wave of pain overwhelming her. Lying still, afraid to move again, I took my opportunity. I slid two fingers inside her as my tongue found her clit, and she moaned. I pushed deeper and found the spot I was searching for, my fingertips pressed upward against her inner walls. She let out a soft groan. Her eyes were closed, her hair tasseled around her shoulders. My pussy flooded at the sight of her exquisite body at my mercy. She was beautiful, even mottled in deep blues and purples. And knowing she couldn't stop me made me crave her orgasm even more. I slipped another finger inside her, and her legs tensed. My tongue continued licking every inch of her, and I started a slow rhythm with my fingers, savoring every single moan. Faster, pet, she said, panting. No. Harder? Nope. She let out another frustrated growl, but I could see the faint grin on her lips. I would really pay for this but it would be worth it. For many minutes, I remained steady, flicking her clit and fucking her, and her impatient groans got louder. She knew what I waited for, and she was resisting. After several long minutes, she finally relented. Althea, please, she begged. For fuck's sake. I started pounding, and within seconds, her hands tightened into fists, full of the blankets underneath her and she came hard. Her upper back raised off the bed, her head thrown back with a thunderously deep groan in her throat. Her wetness pooled between her legs, coating my hand with her intense orgasm. Her abdomen tightened, her neck flushed pink, and a layer of sweat glistened on her chest. I was as lost in the moment as she was, unable to look away. She was marvelous. She finally sank back down heavily, struggling for breath. I crawled up her body, resting my hips between her legs, and kissed her softly. The taste of her overpowering climax on my tongue. I knew I'd taken every last bit of energy from her, and she was drained. On the surface, this book may appear to be another lesbian coming out story with a healthy dose of turning. But in reality... This book is so much more than that. Amongst the backdrop of a mysterious complex consisting of several different venues, we learn the management of these brands appear to have supernatural abilities, which they can use for their own sexual pleasure. Beyond the regular conflicts between people, more sinister battles occur within the background between the virtuous and sinful. We asked our featured guest, Guy White, what he made of these titles. Here's what he had to say. When it comes to seduced and transformed by alien tentacle slime, an erotic tale of domination, transformation, and bimbofication by Devin Jackson, it's difficult for me to review erotica when it's not my thing. I think one of the greatest sins a reviewer can do is say a story didn't work for them when a story like that is never going to work for them. If you don't like murder mysteries, Reading one and then writing a bad review for it just seems like you're torturing yourself and the author for no reason. 
tentacles and bimbofication aren't things that get my motor running, so I don't think the story's review should suffer because I'm not the target audience. But for someone who hears tentacles and bimbofication and says, oh, hell yes, I could see how this one might work for them. It's a quick read with gooey sex scenes, and it delivers on all that the title promises. In Jade Makes Three, Alexandra Dominique sets up an enticing scenario of a married couple exploring and finding a third for some FFM fun. They set some rules, though. 1. The husband will not have contact with the other woman. 2. It's expected to be a one-and-done experience. 3. It's a threesome, not a foursome, so no couples. 4. That it will happen somewhere other than at their home. And 5. It needs to be discreet. By the end, most of the rules are discarded. This story ticks off a lot of boxes for me. Multi-partner sex, public masturbation, dom-sub dynamics, bondage, blindfolds, bending and then breaking the rules, and unintended emotional entanglements. I'm also a fan of erotica that bounces some of the smut with story. However, this one stumbled when it came to executing those elements in a satisfying way for me. I would have liked the story to have more room to breathe. The book rushes from sex scene to sex scene, but then rushes through the sex scenes as well, never lingering on what could have been some really scorching encounters. I think with a bit more time, the emotional entanglement could have been more believable, but it felt like it came out of nowhere. Jade Makes Three has all the pieces to a really great story, and I definitely read this exact same type of narrative that slowed down. There's great potential here. The Bartender's Pride, book one of the Pride trilogy by T.J. Dallas, had a great story and some amazingly written lesbian sex scenes. Lara is a woman coming out of a bad breakup after her boyfriend cheated on her with her best friend. She leaves town and gets a job as a bartender in what turns out to be a very queer bar. As soon as she meets the owner, Harry, short for Harriet, Lara has to come to terms with the fact that she's not as straight as she thought. And there's a mystery around Harry, who can read Lara's mind and communicate with her telepathically, as well as make her come by just making out without even heavy petting. But I think Lara, as our audience surrogate, gives up on the mystery too quickly. While we learn from the other characters what is going on, her curiosity lacks longevity, and it comes off as a little weird. Though, to be fair, repeated explosive orgasms might just be enough to make anyone stop questioning it. As for the mystery itself, if you are or were Catholic, you get a head start on figuring it out. If you read the book description on Amazon, you begin at the finish line. There were a few sex scenes I wasn't 100% behind, but they were in the minority. If sapphic sex and characters with special abilities are your thing, I'd recommend this one, and the other two books have found their way into my to-be-read pile. Kat, you read these books? What did you think about them? So this month's three books hit so differently for me. I wanted to love Seduce and Transform because it seemed very reminiscent of Japanese hentai anime, etc. But there's no way you can look at how that book was written and compare it to the other two books, quality-wise. The worst thing is I like Devin, but sometimes in life you have to be honest. The Bartender's Pride was probably the best written book here. If not, the most discussed. Yes, I loved it. 
but I'm a little relieved everyone has stopped calling everyone pet. Like the character in the book, or someone from our team isn't having a deep dive about what European women think American women like to lick in bed. Jade Make 3 was probably my favorite to read out of these. I like how girl-on-girl -girl scenes don't always have to be married to a coming-out story or standing up to a bigot. I felt like this title was more about sex, how to have it, and how to nurture the fragile relationship while dealing with your own insecurities and rules. I would say that what makes it easy to recommend is that it's clear this title is strictly focused on its functioning of being erotica, even if certain chapters leave you wanting. It's obvious where I need to start. Seduced and Transformed by the Alien Tentacle Slime is a 3.2 out of 5 title. Anybody who writes like this has a good chance of catching fire and becoming rich because the story is imaginative. The writing is short, so the title should stack up. However, our views are based on distinguishing quality in a genre that is dominated today by self-publishers. I honestly could have played a blind eye to commas missing and other mistakes if basic errors weren't made while writing this book. The standout error is a number of times the protagonist, Lana, is mentioned by name. It looks lazy and feels repetitive. My guess is there was no or low-quality editor used to proofread this title. My advice is always to get a great proofreader and use speech-to-word apps to check for style errors and grammatical mistakes. Devin, we want to see you improve and come back, so we're challenging you to do better so we can tell everyone how much you've improved. Jade Makes 3 is a 4.2 out of 5. This was an enjoyable read based on a plausible, realistic scenario. The pace was fitting in most cases, but felt a little rushed towards the conclusion. The author is clever enough to give us our protagonist in different scenarios to draw us into their world, fears, and insecurities. I felt this book could have been improved in some areas, especially when it came to certain sex scenes where you were hoping things would boil over. From what I've seen here, this looks like a solid debut worth picking up. The Bartender's Pride is a 4.4 out of 5. When most people brainstorm what has to be in a good book, most likely, People would say things like a twist, conflict, a resolution, a love interest, a good plot, etc. The longer your own brainstorming list goes, the more likely the bartender's pride has you covered. The writing feels masterful to the point where a romantic husky-pulled sledge ride in the snow isn't several chapters away from a partner swap-style orgy. If that wasn't enough, an added element of intrigue builds within the background as we learn about the powers of the women who run the complex and their greater purpose. There wasn't much between the top titles score-wise, but The Bartender's Pride is clearly our star recommendation this time. The concept is great, the writing is excellent, and the characters are compelling. TJ Dallas has appeared to provide more for those wanting to submerge themselves deeper within this universe with this set of characters. Rest assured, just ending this book will still feel like a satisfying conclusion. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Remember, links can be found in the description. Would you like your title review on the show? Reach out to us on Twitter. Next month, we'll be introducing our new erotic series, The Infidelity Diaries. Patreons will always get earlier access to the episodes and can even help steer the story's direction. 
Here's a taste of what's to come soon. Savoring the freshly pressed linen against my naked body. This is the last time I told myself, knowing the truth. I was falling down a rabbit hole without a plan. Darren kissed me again, driving me crazy with his intensity. I buried my hands in his hair and pulled desperately. Covered in goosebumps, I shivered under his touch. Between gasps, kisses, and laughs, I found enough sense to speak. Don't come inside, I warned, catching my breath. As my queen commands. Want some more erotica? Let's hear something from the Erotica Diary of Natalia, the rare project that started it all for us. Only available in full on Patreon. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. 23rd of February, 2020. I was incredibly nervous this lunchtime. I couldn't eat properly. I walked to meet Anastasia in the cold park, with hands that shook from more than just the temperature. When I arrived at the park's big gates, there she stood. She wore a long black coat and tall, thick boots. She had a cute woolly hat on and a large burgundy scarf. It was as I approached her that I admitted to myself for the first time that I was on a date with a woman. We walked hand in hand around the large park and Anastasia talked about poetry. She was a student at the university, studying literature. I was seeing a completely different side to her than who she'd been in the bar. She liked art also, and I told her about my recent trip to the gallery. I talked about how powerful the eyes were in some of the paintings, as though they were really showing doors to a soul. That's the artist's soul, she said. We reached the end of the park by some large trees and stood opposite each other. Anastasia's lips brushed mine as we shared a soft kiss. It was over before it began, but promised more. My butterflies continued as we walked some more together. 24th of February, 2020. I was happy to be in the office again today. Paul's jokes seemed to be getting funnier. Maybe it's context that makes them amusing, or something. Ruby is also being very friendly. I've been working on a campaign for some new children's toys. Paul talked briefly with me about psychology, getting in the buyer's heads. I've been thinking about what it would be like to be the parent of a young child. That thought used to horrify me, but now it sounds kind of nice. Not that I'm ready for that, not yet. I'm looking forward to getting stuck in some more tomorrow. This work is a great, healthy focus for my mind. I'm also getting better and better at it. It's rewarding. I'm pretty happy. 25th of February, 2020. Anastasia's been texting me a lot, and we're going for dinner tomorrow. Those butterflies are back. Angela seems to be doing okay, keeping busy with work. I'm having an early night tonight. It's that time of the month again, and I need my sleep. 26th of February, 2020. Dinner with Anastasia was magical this evening. It turns out she's a vegetarian, so we went to a special vegan restaurant. I ate tofu for the first time and adored it. We kissed again too, this time for longer. Her tongue entered my mouth and I brushed mine against hers. 
I felt her breasts touching mine and wondered if her nipples were erect. I ran my hands down her slim back and touched her buttocks. We're seeing each other again at the weekend. I think Angela was right. I'm definitely curious. 27th of February 2020 Work was enjoyable again today, but this evening Angela asked more about my past. I don't want to push you, she said, but I'm so curious. She laughed as she said the word curious. She'd had a few drinks. I told her part of my story. I mentioned the gang and all the money. She said she'd always wondered how I got by before I was working. I hinted at the suicide dolls, but didn't want to scare her. I didn't tell her about seeing Dana here, or the Ukrainians. She'd think I was mad. She did seem to sense the danger, though. Before we went to bed, she came and gave me a tight, long hug. I was simultaneously comforted and unsettled. 28th of February, 2020. I'm glad the weekend's here again. I do love copywriting, but God, I'm ready for the weekend. Not to mention I'm seeing Anastasia again tomorrow. I'd better get some beauty sleep. This evening's for resting and reviving. 29th of February, 2020. Today was my date with Anastasia, our third date to be exact. I still haven't told Angela I'm seeing her, but I might do now. After going ten-pin bowling together, which was great fun and even magical at times, we went to Anastasia's flat. Like me, she shares with a flatmate. Her flatmate was out. After a glass of wine on her sofa, Anastasia and I kissed again. This time, it wasn't so soft. Our kiss was hungry and passionate. She pulled up my skirt and kissed my thighs. I opened the buttons on her blouse frantically and squeezed her breasts. I kissed her erect nipples and her pale torso. Natalia, she whispered as I kissed her body. We unclothed each other and our hot bodies pushed together. I kissed her neck as I ran my fingers up her back and felt her nails digging into mine. She lowered her head to kiss my nipples, which tingled against her tongue. She pushed my body down slowly as she made her way towards my groin. Anastasia licked my clit delicately. She looked up at me as she moved her tongue across me, bringing me slowly and gently to an astonishing climax. Anastasia, I moaned. My body lost control, shaking and bucking as I came. We swapped places and I pushed my tongue into her soft, wet pussy. This was my first time with a woman. I licked her slowly, listening as her moans matched my tongue's rhythm. I gripped her ass with my fingers and increased the pace of my licks across her clit. I ran my tongue across her warm, soaking vagina and pushed it lightly inside. I felt how wet she was and moaned again myself. I brushed my tongue against her clit again, then settled into a steady rhythm. Her moans got louder and louder. Natalia, she moaned, pushing her pussy further into my mouth. I moaned into her pussy as I licked her clit harder and faster. She screamed my name again and gasped with pleasure. Her legs gripped around my face as I watched her beautiful body jerking with her orgasm. Her hot pussy in my face made my own even hotter. We made love several times through the evening. I'm really glad I was curious. 
Join us on Patreon for more of this. I leant in a triangle shape with my face in the mattress. Sex with older men didn't prepare me for this. A few minutes later, he was exclaiming he was going to come, and in a mini panic of not knowing what to do, or whether I was on birth control, etc., he pulled out and came on one of my feet. Apparently, in his panic to find somewhere to come, he tried to hit the towel that I had left on my bed, beneath my foot. I rolled over onto my back and held the spunk-spoiled foot above the towel so I wouldn't drip cum everywhere. You stupid asshole! I wouldn't have let you fuck me if I wasn't on birth control. You can come in me next time, if there is a next time, I said, pissed. I should make you lick this clean, you sorry asshole. No sooner had I said that than he was there, licking away his secretion from my foot. All of the Erotic Diary series titles can now be purchased in one book. The Erotic Diary series, season one, the complete anthology. You'll get the erotic diaries of Isabel, Danielle, Scarlett, and the Liaisons Anthology, presented in a single timeline, plus a bonus chapter ahead of Season 2. All links can be found in the description. Thank you for listening, and remember, we've got more erotica, audiobooks, and podcasts via Patreon, so feel free to support us there. Thanks again everyone for joining us. Don't forget to download your free books in December.